0: But the Templars were created to protect the Holy Land
1: That was a cover To hide their true goal
2: I've never heard about any of this
1: Yes, you have
2: Almost everyone on Earth has You just know it as the holy grail what is your name sir robin of camelot what is your quest to seek the holy grail what is the capital of asidia i don't know that
0: to the Canyon of the crescent moon to the temple where the cup that Holds the blood of Jesus Christ and resides forever. The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones.
3: He chose one. Guten Tag, NBN Biz Bisbear Nation, and welcome to Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your host for today's festivities, and in the den is Nathan Henfint and Mitch Brinkman. If you haven't guessed by today's intro we're dealing with legend today and to set the limits of the world we are sticking with traditional grail legend a cup that brings you limitless eternal life not that clever Da Vinci code royal bloodline stuff spoiler alert there's no room for Professor Langdon symbology today we bow at the altar of Steven Spielberg. Today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five mistakes you'd make with eternal youth after finding the Holy Grail. Our first contestant is a man I can only describe in poem. Whose hair is that? I think I know. Its owner is quite happy though. Full of joy, like a vivid rainbow. I watch him laugh. I cry hello. He gives his hair a shake and laughs until her belly aches. The only other sounds the break of the distant waves and birds awake. The hair is shimmering long and deep, but he has promises to keep. After cake and lots of sleep, sweet dreams come to him cheap. He rises from his gentle bed with thoughts of kittens in his head. He eats his jam with lots of bread, ready for the day ahead. And that noble knight on the crusade for eternal youth is Sir Nathan an infant. How are you, sir?
0: Uh, my, my liege, I... <laughs> I bring good tidings from this realm. Thank you for that very elegant welcome. It is far more than I deserve. Uh, that is I am my doing, pleasure. I am doing quite well.
3: That's great. That's so good to hear. And our other guest has had his stripes revoked after being excommunicated for indecent exposure. Legend has it the light reflecting off his pasty chest turns you to stone and is ironically the only (laughs) way he can make you hard. His ginger coif affords him one last calling in life, court gesture for the countryside's stupidest king, the Earl of Duck, Duck, Goose. The one, and thank God the only, Mitch Brinkman.
2: (laughs) Wow. OK, I just I already have a bone to pick because in Minnesota, we we play duck, duck, gray duck. Sorry, I would never be the jester <laughs> for that shit. Tacular King. Um, and I realize that you know, Minnesota is uh, on its own little island there. But um, fuck you, <laughs> that's, Brian. That's Let's real. Go.
0: Duck, duck, gray duck. That's a
2: real we thing. Cu- we play duck, duck, gray duck. Yep. <laughs> that's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's, Why? That's just You're it's, just, it's you're just, just being stubborn. You're just being stubborn. Just just say Goose. It's, it's because there's so little diversity in Minnesota. There's no geese. It's just a grayer duck. That's all it is. So, uh. <laughs>
3: I thought you guys were next going to play Mallard, Mallard, Swoon. <laughs> 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 Sounds fun. <laughs> All right, folks, as a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my fast five send off where I'll rattle off the definitive list of the top five worst snows. And a quick message for our returning listeners, please keep up that hearty wom, that word of mouth, and keep sending your top five suggestions to bizbear.biz. And for you newbies, let us wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules.
0: Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer.
2: Starting with their number five choice, we will move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But, if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber
3: Uber You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. And as host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. We all know Jesus was his times, Bob Vila. And as a well-known fan of this old house, any carpenter puns will go a long way in today's final score. Remember that, boys. Nathan, you won the pre-show equestrian run with your faithful steed secretariat, so you shall go
0: first. Uh, He never lets me down. Uh, (laughs) All right, so my number five uh, mistake I would make with a Turtle Youth. This is fairly self-explanatory, but I feel it, it bears mentioning is uh committing some heinous and horrible crime and receiving a life sentence That we've never we've never encountered this life sentence means you know till you die but now this means eternity in a prison cell so how long would it take for the justice system to finally buckle and let you out now i did some research and a man named charles fossard who he was an Australian and he murdered an old man in order to steal his boots. And he served 70 years and 303 days in prison until he died of natural causes at age nine. I think it was 90 or 92. He was up there. So uh, do they, after you pass that record, do they then let you out? How horrible was the thing that you had done? Are you going to sit there for 200 years, 300 years? Are they finding you being be like, all right, this guy's probably learned his lesson. We've never tested the limits of the prison system to this point. It's time to let him go. Uh, you know, 200, 300 years of good behavior. He's reorganized the prison library. He's cooked Thanksgiving dinner for the wardens every year. Does that count for something? Can we finally let the guy go? But also, he could. He, once we let him go, he's going to be out there and potentially dangerous for thousands of years. So that's a huge risk. It's not like you know we're going to let him out on parole while he's in his 80s and he's decrepit. He's, he's been in the prison gym, he's been lifting, he's been doing some plyometrics, he's, he's got even more physical capability to complete the heinous acts for he, which he is wont to do at this point than he did. Um, but then, let's say they do let you out and you've reformed, but you did something truly horrible. You're out of the physical prison, but you're going to spend the rest of eternity trapped in the greatest prison of all, the guilty conscience. So that's my number five. Committing a horrible crime and receiving a life sentence.
3: Now how soon after you've drink the the out of the cup of Christ held have you gotten this life sentence? Did you get to experience any fun before this life sentence was given to you?
0: No, this was this was on your way home from uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> from the, the grail. Your yeah, crusade.
0: You okay. you decided you decided to to commit a triple homicide on the way back from the crusade, yeah, because you you he, had blood. The bloodlust was it was really building up the whole time. That's what these knights you, templar were known for.
3: Or you ran out of boots and you needed some new boots. <laughs> yes.
0: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> nearest stagecoach Wait, that, wagon. Let's just that kill him. that eighty seven year old guy. He's a size twelve. Oh god, this is too good to pass up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Depending on what state you're committing this crime in. Um, I I mean, uh, you know, uh, the Holy Grail is, you know, um, uh, an imaginary thing. So technically you could say, oh, I found it in suburban Kansas city or something. If you're, if you're not aging and you're in jail, I feel like at some point, some states would be like, this is a witch. We must kill him now. And then you're going to the fry bucket, my friend. (laughs) And you're, (laughs) you're going to be done a lot sooner than, you know, a life sentence. So also life sentences vary state to state. Am, Am I correct there? I believe so. I think because well, like some states, a life sentence is like 25 years. They give you like four consecutive life sentences just to make sure you die in prison or whatever it is, you know. But
3: but what if you survive those four? Those four? Do, do you then get to?
2: I think you should get out at that point. Then, you know, 100 years later, uh, hopefully you've, you have you know, had the Internet the whole time and can maintain access to the world and uh, come out, you know, uh, with the pertinent skills to get yourself you know, a a job in the new green economy, you know, I think that'd be a really nice thing. So
3: (laughs) what if you accidentally get a second life sentence?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's really kind of amazing how the term life sentence, life in prison, that it's three words. We all know what it means. Yet there is so much interpretation from it, like you said, from state to state. Life in prison Mm -hmm. can mean a thousand different things, but it should be the most simple thing. Um, that's, that's, that's not really a laugh out loud joke piece of material. That was just more an observation that I was making.
3: You know, that thing we all know instantly when we say that we cannot define, you know, that sucks (laughs) moving on. (laughs) All Uh, Mitch, I think, uh, you owe us your number five now to keep this train rolling.
2: Yeah. So my number five, uh, on my list of mistakes I'd make after finding the Holy Grail and, you know, my holy grail, it's in suburban Orlando. That That's where I'm finding this. <laughs> um, right where I think Ponce de Leon also was kind of in that same general direction. But so my, my number five mistake, um, uh, his name is Gordy. And so on my way out west <laughs> to find my fortune in the hills, that's the Hollywood Hills, I'll pass through Naturita, Colorado. It's a small little bump of a town on Route 141. You know the 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 those kind of towns where you go and you're like, man, these rocks are incredible. And then you get stuck there because of the heat. Like it's so hot, everything just like shuts down. Um, and the mother would be a hard luck waitress, you know, whose luck went just you know a little soft that one lazy afternoon. I, I blow through, and four pints of Thunderbird and a motorcycle ride later, a little too close to the edge. And uh, soon, Mary and I are trading Bible stories back at my flea bag room at the Rim Rock Hotel. <laughs> And then the sacrament arise and we create the greatest mistake of them all, a little feller named Gordy. Now Gordy, <laughs> he'll love horses like I do um but he won't be a man of sports. He'll be a man of, of science and of letters. And he won't help his mom out too much around the house like you know he'll be kind of a spoiled kid that way he will be an only child um and but and he won't have a lot of direction in his life early on, you know because I because I'll I, I will have moved on at that point. Uh, but then later on, I'll find out Gordy is a really, really, really high level science guy. And I don't know what kind of science stuff he's doing, but he's doing stuff with like Teflon or wait, no, that kills people. Um, he's doing stuff <laughs> with like, you know, rockets or something. And he's just a smart little dude. And his name's Gordy, so I think that's I think that'll like you know gain, gain him entrance. You know, people are like oh Gordy, that's a cute that's a cute name. Come on in, pal. Because
3: nobody's oh. ever figured out how to hurt somebody with a rocket. <laughs> Not Teflon, just rockets. Just keep it safe.
2: Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, Mitch,
0: Mitch, what does your son do? Oh, he's a he's a science guy. Yeah, <laughs> pretty
2: good, huh? Yeah. Hey, maybe 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 he'll have a show where he, where he teaches younger people about how science stuff works. So. Um, maybe I can help him with that, you know, when he gets to the Hollywood Hills. So, but yeah, Gordy, I just love that. Just a little spark plug of a redhead, uh, blending in with the red rocks of Western Colorado as he grows up, you know, he, he'll take like four day, um, retreats by himself to the, to the Hills as an eight year old with just like a roll up knapsack, like his pet <laughs> snake and like a basket of crackers or something, you know? Um, so I just, I, I'm just loving this idea. So, yeah, no, my, my number five mistake will be his name is Gordy. So.
3: <laughs> All right. <laughs> so my question is, yeah, now you have eternal youth. So there's yep. going to be a point here where you and Gordy will be the same age.
2: No, now, no, 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 no. I, I age. I just look the same.
3: Well, yes, but you're going to physically going to be the same age at one yes. point.
2: Yes. So yes. your
3: your physicalities will match. Yeah. Now. It is in, in the society in which you are living. I think it'll be customary for your son to fight you okay. to to maybe get a crack at the grail. Yep. Now, if 22. he defeats you, yeah, if had 22 when you found the grail, <laughs> yeah, and now Gordy's 22, <laughs> does he, if he defeats you in this fight, does he get to sip from the grail or do you just kick him off and say, just go be an old ass science guy?
2: I'll probably. Uh, I'll take him to to Disney World before we go to the grill I'll say let's 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 go drink from the grill buddy and then I'll see Disney World and I'll pretend like oh we just gotta stop quick you know let's just let's just go check out Epcot uh there's Space Mountain my dude and then I'll just when he's in like waiting in line I'll, I'll go to get us some pretzels and I just won't come back and then um <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're going to abandon Gordy at Epcot
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's an adult at this point. He's twenty two. He's ready to kick my ass, or he already I, has he kicked can, my ass. Excuse he can me.
0: do the he can do the drink around the world thing they do at Epcot sometimes, where you go to yeah. each country's pavilion and have a drink from each country. Man, exactly. I have not been to Disney World drinking age, but I would I would love to get sauced at Epcot sometime. So let's let's put that on our post pandemic list.
3: When we do our, uh, our our road show from Epcot, we will we will make sure to get drunk inside Disney walls and air it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I need to score this round. Uh, mm-hmm. Nathan, you've inspired me. uh uh, to to not commit crime so i feel like that is worthy of a three because i do not want to (laughs) waste eternal youth on being in prison and mitch i like your dark treatment of gordy i like you leaving him alone in a place well he's 22 he's a man he'll get over it yeah
2: exactly i'll I'll give
3: you at least two points for this round because gordy uh i didn't get to see you fight gordy so if i got to see you fight gordy that would have been worth three points because that would have been very very fun to see
2: Oh, oh the, the 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 fight will end when he's he's choking me out and like the, the top half of my body is hanging over the edge of my infinity pool that overlooks sunset, you know, and mm-hmm. he's like about to kill me. And then and then I just choke out like, I'll give you money. And then he's like, what? And then and then so I pay him off not to kill me right then and there in my own pool. So, um, yeah,
3: I think I can visually see that. That's three points. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right. yes, <laughs> <laughs> you, you told me to take away points the last time I hosted and now you're, you're milking them out of me, so
1: it's yes. a wash.
3: Moving Thank on to you. round four. We're going to go back to Nathan for his number four.
0: Okay, my number four mistake to make with it, Eternal Youth is to become appointed a Justice of the United States Supreme Court. <laughs> uh, these are lifetime appointments. It's sort of related to the Uh, number five of getting a life sentence. This is on the other side of the justice world. But I was thinking about, uh, you know, within the last year we lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now she hung on for as long as she could trying to save our Republic, just trying to get through the Trump administration. So when she passed away or stepped down, that it wouldn't be somebody appointed by Donald Trump, essentially. So if you are in the position of a Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but it goes on forever. You're gonna keep waiting for a lull in the legal and political divisions in the country, but that never comes. There's never a good time to step down when you're a justice. You think you find the right time to retire, but then another justice dies right before an election. You can't risk stepping down should the party in power block any justice that holds your views or rush through an appointment of some crypto fascist despot who's in the pocket of big business. So you stay and you stay and you stay. And the biggest decisions in the country They keep ending up in front of you year after year and you continue to uphold your solemnly sworn duty to administer justice and do equal right to the poor and rich and faithfully and partially discharge all the duties incumbent upon you to the best of your abilities. And despite your eternal youth, the stress of the job will have you looking like Larry King after he's fallen asleep for 10 hours in a tanning bed and you're trapped (laughs) in a prison of epic responsibility for all time. The one thing that youth wants to avoid is responsibility. And now you have the most forever. There could be no greater hell.
2: Wow. wow. I, you know, you, you, you just, I feel like you glided over the whole aspect of you having to study for the LSATs, take the LSATs, get like a perfect on the LSATs, go to law school, ace law school, get a great clerkship to even be considered for the Supreme court. Um, considering you're a you're a high quality person of, of 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 high moral fiber as well so that's a whole nother that's a whole nother 10 years right there you gotta think about so
0: but well but you have eternal youth so you could spread that out over a couple centuries if you really wanted to you could kind of that's leisurely go through the uh jump over the hurdles that most justices have had to do like of course our great uh great the honorable Brett Kavanaugh, uh, mm. that, that, the man, the dedication that that man has shown to everything throughout <laughs> his life.
2: Well, I mean, he, OK, but honestly, uh, but I I know you're trying to joke here, but he, the amount of uh, dedication that he showed as like, was it 19 or 20 years old in college when him and Squeege and Buffer, <laughs> they, they lifted every day and they drank beers three times a week. That kind of that kind of schedule takes a toll on a guy when you're getting, you know. Like a two five GPA. So, what
0: what kind of psycho has that detailed uh, account of what they did in college? Like Mitch, you and I were were roommates at two different points when we were in college. Like, I can't tell you which days we did what. Like, I mean, I can assume on several days we got drunk and played FIFA, but that's just because that's what we did a lot. Like, (laughs) I don't I don't know what times what days we went to the gym to play basketball. That's because
3: because you were preparing you weren't preparing to be a justice down the road you knew you were gonna have to have documentation when you're in kavanaugh's shoes he knew creepy calendars would save him one day because yeah. he drinks a lot of beer and can't remember so that helps also now, it, the only isn't thing- it
2: just easier to use a notebook like why use an actual calendar you know to write it it just seems so silly to me because he,
3: he just likes his little black calendar book, I guess. Um, now, if you are studying, doing all the things that Mitch just said, you're spreading this out over centuries. What would you do if you did all of this work? And by the time you were ready to be appointed a justice, the Republic has already collapsed. and <laughs> You've just wasted all the time. What, what would you have done? Just moved on to something else?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it, th- that this is the good thing about having the eternal youth is, you know, just a, a couple, you know, two or three centuries, the bitterness would uh, fade away and you would you would be able to move on. And, you know, you, you wouldn't feel like it's time wasted because you still have a couple, you know, well, I'll, I'll just do the next two or three millennia doing something else. So, you know, and and you remember, of course, the the mantra of eternal youth, uh, the journey is the reward, not the destination.
3: All right.
2: I, I, I have one more idea here, and I think this is why Nathan chose this, and he's not mentioning it, so I think he's trying to slip it under the rug here, um, and that is there's a basketball court above the Supreme Court. So is this just a ploy to get your dunk back and to <laughs> take law clerks to school day in and day out? Um, I, I will say if I, if I actually did have eternal
0: youth and I was still 27 years old, you would find me at the gym every single day just just dunking. Because I can still okay. just barely dunk. But if I could still dunk like I could seven or eight years ago, and knowing how finite that time was, this, it's all I would do. You would never see... I would go into job interviews wearing my basketball shorts, carrying a basketball. There is Not a day would go by where I was not... Sh- I was already probably obnoxious enough with wanting people to know I could dunk, but it was it would my entire life, no. th- the rest of eternity, would be dedicated to letting everybody know <laughs> I can dunk a basketball.
2: Before, uh, before just, every hearing, you'd be like, "I just want to uh, put into the record that uh, uh, I posterized uh, Clerk Thompson <laughs> three times last week." Thank you. This is this is why I'm saying we need another justice
0: on the Supreme Court because then you can have five on five on the court on the roof. It's a very simple solution.
3: Very true. And the most important thing is with Eternal Life, you probably would have saved enough money to to buy the film rights. And because Stella wasn't taking off anymore, how Nathan got his dunk back would definitely be a franchise. I think that would continue <laughs> on
2: <laughs> for the ages. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and, Mitch, and, and, you're, and you're saving millions and millions of dollars in in CGI. You don't have to do because Nathan stays the same oh, age so he can just keep correct. doing the franchise. So,
3: oh, my God, there's going to be like 10 of them.
2: I know it's going to be incredible. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, Mitch, you're number four. Sure. Um, my number four is my biggest mistake I've made. After, you know, again, leaving the, uh, the Orlando airport, I go to some beautiful locale. I've got a villa waiting. I've got a beautiful screening room there. Wonderful chairs, perfect drinks, the the very best in popcorn. And I, I, I made the huge mistake of taking the time to watch all of Army Hammer's movies. And I... I just, I'm (laughs) kicking myself. I did this because, like, he's not in that many. And it took me so long because they're so, he's so lame in them. Um, You know, (laughs) social network, try over enunciating more, uh, you annoying, giant, hot uh, idiot. J. Edgar, uh, I, I never saw it, but then I did. And if I fell asleep, it was so boring, you know? Mirror, mirror, more like, army hammer go away god this is boring lone ranger (laughs) cast a real native american actor in that role why'd you agree to that with johnny depp who we know now is a total cancer and he probably asked to like see your butt cheeks and he was in entourage as himself there's the kiss of death right there and the man from uncle you know it's more like the man from w-a-s-t-o-f-m-o-n-e-y um army hammer you're a cannibal you're done get it just get out of here okay i'm so bummed it took me three years to get through your filmography it shouldn't have taken that long but i had so many long board snoozes in between so that's my number four damn it why did i do that so
3: (laughs) i mean is it is is his his recent tweets is what put you on 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 this on this bend here
2: uh that's what put his 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 name uh high in mind for me yeah when you were scrolling through yahoo news uh yeah, that that and also I have a friend who who keeps me abreast of all the all the hot hollywood goss so
3: oh hot hollywood goss
0: yeah i thought i be thought a, man from uncle was okay i thought it was all right
2: i mean i i remember seeing it when it was a tv show in the 60s you know uh, but if you know
3: mitch he he really really hates like the start of television ip he can't get behind it he doesn't want to see it again not a big fan i mean yeah he did tore apart get smart i don't know why yeah i enjoyed it
2: you know i will say the new magnum pi on cbs is pretty dang watchable i mean that's a tasty little cake there so but
3: uh watching that after you watch blue bloods with your dad (laughs)
2: exactly (laughs) (laughs) okay
3: you don't like army hammer i I don't
2: i don't know why i took the time in that beautiful house i had set up with the great screening room i just should have never done it and you know he just oozes like I don't deserve to be here, you know. In every picture, it just <laughs> that's what it, that's what he says on screen. I didn't earn this, and uh, and his performances also tell us that. So,
0: I, I also I'll, t- I'll tell you this: I couldn't pick him out of a lineup if you just like showed me a picture of a bunch of like sort of chiseled looking white dudes. Like he's yeah. just he's very. I will agree. Like he's very unremarkable. Like I'm just not sure who he is or what he does.
2: If 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 you took. Army Hammer and six hams, and shaved off the dark part of the hams, and put them all in a in a turtleneck or a suit. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. He is just <laughs> just a big old slab of meat, and that's all he is. And he should go back to the butcher shop, get sliced up, and put into sandwiches. Let's move on. I, I hate talking about Army Hammer. Why did I do this? <laughs> this
3: such a mistake.
2: Well, it is a mistake. Uh, so Ugh. there you go. I had all this uh, time, and I wasted it. Sorry, keep going.
3: <laughs> for this round, <laughs> you guys are both getting two points. Mitch, I don't understand why you're so upset at this piece of meat. And Nathan, uh, I feel like you, being on the Supreme Court for life is a mistake, but you found the love in it because there's a basketball court. And I think that was your secret thing. So I can't give you the full three points for it being a mistake. Oh,
0: that, was, that was Mitch tricking me into following the, the, bas- the bouncing basketball down the road. That was well played, Mitch. Very, <laughs>
3: yep, yep. very He's Machiavellian. He's playing the uh, life sentence game here, and it's working. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, let's stay with Mitch. Snake round. Mitch, you're number three.
2: Love it. Um, <clears throat> my number three, uh, biggest mistake that I'll make uh, with eternal life, is sowing myself deep into the ecstasy market in northern Europe. And... <laughs> <laughs> Specificity, I'll specificity, Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be at a party in Amsterdam on a Thursday night and I'll be feeling a little, you know, like, Ugh, you know, you're like, Ugh, I'm not I'm feeling this. And then my friend, uh, but he reiterates colleague, Sebastian will hand me a pill and it'll take me, you know, on one hell of a ride as I watch the sun come up on the roof of like a bread store in someone else's clothes, you know, and then I'll ask my, my close friend, Sebastian, for more. And he says he doesn't have the time. And forwards me a number I can call. And Sebastian, he never has time for anyone. What a pal. You know, I I get it. He's busy. And so I'll call the number and a gruff voice by the name of Tally is on the other side. And they'll agree to meet me. More pills. This time I wake up or I watch the sunrise on on the deck of a boat covered in mermaid lanterns. But, you know, I won't have a shirt on, something like that. (laughs) But then now my body starts to crave it. And Sebastian is busy washing his hair and applying to grad school, but that's okay. Friends wait for friends. I call Tally again. He asks if I'm sure I want so much so soon again. Yeah, Tally, I do, you know, uh, but Tally taps out early on, on, on that night saying he's got to get up early to sell more drugs and he's tired. So I watch the sunrise alone from the roof of a pool deck of the holiday and express near the Gatwick airport. Oh, that's right. I hopped on a helicopter, uh, with Zuzu last night. She wanted a club at uh, Titanic's in London. And she dropped me on the way out. But uh, so Tally, he, he stopped returning my calls. And so I'm waiting until he calls me from his, his new phone. I'm assuming he got a new one, but I never hear back from him. But soon I get a text and then a call from a smooth vinegar voice named Rubert. And he's got what I need. So two oil drums filled to the brim with X later. I've danced every spot in Amsterdam. And now my phone is buzzing with friends texting me for some of that blue melt. Oh, Jenny, she's got the jokes. Eden keeps yelping about Angel's little helper, and Craig just has got to have more of that thumper pumper. But the cash is rolling in, and I have just, like, tons of friends now. Life is pretty great. Then the next week at the club, Craig leaves early from dance. Uh That's that's the club we, we, we love in central Amsterdam. Um, so we're at dance, Uh but turns out he accidentally grabbed my bag of uh, Babe the Blue Buku's and some of my cash. And that night I watched the sunrise from the... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this. I can never say it, but the but the orange is losing waterworks as I drop the two oil drums now filled with uh, Craig into the water. And my hand's a bit stained, but my little blue drummer boys keep me upbeat. And the game at this point, it's gotten tiring, you know? And after a while, I sell my Jaguar with the false bottoms and my condo overlooking the iFilm Museum. And I decided to change my number, knowing full well my friends will have a hard time getting a hold of me. But it's time to move on. And I hear Columbia is beautiful all year round. So that's my, that's my number
3: three. So you move from the blue stuff to some Colombian Bam Bam. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just one
2: step of being
3: a a drug lord and and different factions of the world Mm -hmm. for eternity.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It gets old after a while, you know, having to meet people places and bringing them things and, you know, taking cash in return, so.
3: I only have one question and that is what did you use to dissolve Craig?
2: Oh, that was a, a mixture of, it was a Mexiathi, Iazone or something. I don't remember, but uh, my friend, uh, a goober got it for me. He's a, he's a science guy, probably much like Gordy uh, will be in the future.
0: <laughs> Those, Those science guys, d- is there nothing yeah. they can't do?
2: They, they're, they're so smart. They're so brilliant. And yeah. And
3: how lucky for you that Club Dance shares an alley with a a science place across the street.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people in Amsterdam are very smart. There's a lot of good industry there. So it makes sense. But um, yeah, Club Dance, go go on Thursdays. Great, great uh, DJ set there. So.
3: Red light district X. I did not think we would go there today. Uh, Nathan, your number three.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, my number three. This is a mistake that I'm going to make at some point, probably soon uh, Mm -hmm. in my real life. But it would be (laughs) extrapolated uh, in this scenario of eternal youth. And that is buy Bitcoin at the wrong time. Now there's <laughs> there's many tragedies with the how our economy is set up in this country the the arbitrary 40-hour work week minimal paid leave for sickness maternity paternity bereavement vacation and corporations entice people to stay entrenched in their wage slave system by providing the benefits such as health insurance you know if you if you quit you die <laughs> it's pretty effective and also then there's the 401k so the tragedy i want to address is The folks who work their whole lives, they build up their 401k, their Roth IRA, their stock portfolios, uh, real estate investment. They save hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars for retirement. And then just like the cop movie cliche, they drop dead. Oh, he was just two weeks from retirement and it was all (laughs) for nothing. But if you have eternal youth, you're going to have to work the system to get by financially because you... You're going to have to work forever. You can't save for retirement because it never comes. You can't just retire at 65 because then you're going to have to, you can't save enough by 65 to live for the next 10,000 years. So you have to uh, invest wisely. And I am sure that I won't. And I've been watching the Bitcoin markets for a while. It's extremely volatile. As recently uh, as last week, it was up to one Bitcoin was worth $40,000. But just a few years ago, it was worth 20% of that. So if I'm going to be around in two or three hundred years time, I want the fancy futuristic cryptocurrency. uh, But I'm certain that I am going to end up buying it right before it crashes. And then I'm going to sell it when it's low for fear of it bottoming out just to see it skyrocket again. I have no interest in working for eternity. That sounds like a nightmare. I feel like Bitcoin may or may not be the way of the future, but I'm going to get it wrong. It's going to happen. I'm just going to have to accept it. I'm going to be a desk jockey for the next 10,000 years because I'm going to get the Bitcoin thing wrong.
3: Bitcoin. Wow. No one understands it.
2: I have a suggestion. Um, oh. Marry well and old, and then you'll be set. Yeah. So, um, it's well, reverse I, I, Anna Nicole Smith. I'd, I'd have to do
0: it. I'd have to do it several. I'd have to do it several times because I mean, if it's I marry fine. someone worth, uh, let's say, twenty million dollars, and I've got eternal youth, I bet I could run through that in five or six years easily. So,
3: but if you just put that in the S and P five hundred, you're going to at least get eight percent every year. So, just I mean, at twenty million dollars, eight percent every year, that's going to be enough to live for for quite some time.
0: I would see every year as a challenge to spend more money than the previous year. <laughs> they, they, say, they say money can't buy you happiness. I would see this as a lifetime or several lifetimes worth of getting to test that hypothesis to the maximum. And I would get closer and closer and closer. It's like dividing, uh, dividing something in two. You keep cutting something in half. You keep cutting something in half forever and ever and ever, and you never hit zero. That's what me with the money and eternal youth would be. (laughs) It's just like, oh, oh, I was almost happy. I was almost happy after I spent $100 million buying uh, every single car in the country of Albania or whatever it was that I wanted to do that day. I was almost happy. And then I would try again and again and again. I would chase it forever. I would never get there, but I would almost have fun doing it.
2: Well, uh, I mean, wow. you know, maybe also you could just start a company and then it'll become, you know, take it public. And then you've got generational wealth right there that, you know, w- wouldn't go to your kids. It would go to you again, you know, generations down the road. But I I would have a lot
0: of research to do before I came anywhere <laughs> close to figuring that out. <laughs> well,
3: luckily, you have centuries to prepare.
0: So. <laughs> well, I could. Right. Yeah, I, I'd be like, oh, I could uh, I could figure out how to run a successful business or i could take a trip to brazil during carnival and buy every single person there 10 drinks like
2: i i think you know which decision i'm going to make <laughs> you'll be on on social security too or if you move to europe you'd be on very good you know social security there so since you will be a very very advanced senior so um
3: you'll be a man of the world with all currencies needed i believe <laughs> oh. yeah
2: <laughs> we We need to move on because
0: now I just can't stop daydreaming about this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, For round three, uh, Mitch, for going so dark into the underground uh, of ecstasy, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you three points because I like that your head's as weird as mine. Thank you. And Nathan, I'm only going to give you two points because uh, you made me sad. All right. (laughs) 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 Uh, Let's stay with Nathan to hear his number two.
0: Okay, my number two is becoming famous. So the great 21st century philosopher and, and shaman, uh, Russell Brand, once said that fame is the equivalent of ashes in your mouth. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a false promise. It's not all it's cracked up to be. And the normal cycle of fame is you become a sensation, then you're a mainstay, and then you're sort of an elder statesman. And, you know, people kind of start to respect you and you fade away gracefully. That's if everything goes to plan. But we often see that the earlier somebody achieves fame, like the child star, the more likely they are to collapse. And if you're eternally young, the adoring public is going to be holding you to the same standards in perpetuity. And no one can stand up to that uh, scrutiny and that pressure. To err is human. It's only a matter of time in the thousands of years of your existence before you're going to commit a faux pas that you will never live down. And eternity will be spent in shame. Nowhere to go without being recognized, no respite. And then eventually somebody is going to get wise to the fact that you're never dying. So not only are you famous for whatever it was that you became famous for, it's like, oh, that guy is absolutely never going to die. So that's pretty cool. He's your curiosity for that alone. And everybody is going to come up to you and ask you the same stupid question Hey, what are the top five mistakes you've made with your eternal life? And the worst <laughs> example, the worst example of this is if you accidentally became a meme. So Imagine you spent hundreds of years devoting yourself to uninterrupted scientific research. You became a, a what's the term? A, a science guy and you <laughs> you found a you found a cure for cancer. You did it personally. It's one of the greatest achievements in human history, but Early on in your immortality, you were accidentally photographed uh, saving your hot dog instead of protecting your girlfriend's face from the foul ball coming at her. And then the photo (laughs) went viral with all kinds of amateur modern day SJ Perlman's captioning it in ways that sum up whatever political or uh, cultural affairs of the day are. So you've Mm -hmm. saved millions of lives. You've changed the course of human history for the better. But every time somebody sees you on the street, hey, it's the hot dog guy. So so you got to remain anonymous for eternity is my advice
3: I think that's a a a good piece of advice but you are missing one giant part of this that could be really fun is you get to fake your own celebrity death to start over now I feel like you're missing a pretty big opportunity here to be like all right I'm I can you can wear a wig the rest of your life who cares so just just fake your a big glorious or cut my hair yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like every single teen comedy. As soon as you take your glasses off and put your hair up, you're a completely different man. <laughs>
2: yeah. Who are
3: you? But I think, yeah, I think you would be really good at faking your own death on a global
2: scale. Thank think you. That, that's uh, one
0: of the nicest things you've ever said to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I was when you were talking about this, not wanting to be famous, I was thinking, I feel like, Pretty soon, you'd be famous for being the guy that never ages, right? And you'd be <laughs> talked about in in the in the annals or is it the annals, whatever one. Um, it's anals. Annals, Anals in the annals. And so, I, I think a great if if you wanted to stay underground as long as possible, going to little pubs throughout you know Ireland, Scotland, England, whatever, or America even, and taking a photo with people there, and you know before it's like a, a known thing, be like, hey, I have eternal youth. Let's take a photo, come back here in 25 years and I'll meet you here. And like this photo will be on the wall. And you can see me again. <laughs> just doing that, p- putting your photo throughout all these little pubs and bars all over Europe, or whatever, and just traveling back. And then you become this like folklore myth and then you never have to pay for a drink or a meal or a hotel room again because um, so people will be inviting you to them
0: all the time. That's a beautiful idea. I love that. Just Right? Isn't that being, fun? Having having notoriety but only in, in, in the whispers, in the in the quiet <laughs> side yeah. streets of small towns and oh uh, yeah, yeah that's that's pretty good except the
3: first time you do this you sneak up to somebody you're like hey i want to do this and like, Fuck you we already did this with paul rudd <laughs>
1: <Moving on. laughs>
3: not, not to, yeah you know you're young cool you always look good Fuck you <laughs> Get out of that pub! <laughs> All right, uh, Mitch, your number two, please.
2: Sure. Yeah, my number two is this one is is firmly firmly rooted in reality, and because it's already part of my life. But you know, I go down to to see Harry Potter World. Finally, I get a little tired of it, so I'm like, I'm gonna go out to the to the woods here in suburban Orlando, and I find the Grail and I drink it. Um, and I go home, <laughs> but I'm still going to continue to make the mistake every single year of rooting for my Minnesota Timberwolves. Ever since the 80s, <laughs> they've continued to let me down. I mean, why should you root for a franchise whose first great player was named Pooh Richardson? <laughs> I mean, right then and there, I should have pulled the ripcord and got out, but I didn't. Then we thought, let's draft uh, – a white guy named Christian, he'll save us in the NBA, crash and burn. Uh, the guy ended up committing like financial uh, fraud or whatever. And then our savior finally comes, Kevin Garnett. And what do we do? We don't, we don't bring him any help. We don't sign anyone else good. Uh, we overwork him. He literally had to spend four days in the hospital in the early 2000s due to exhaustion and get IVs because we had zero help for him. You're they talking about Wally
0: Zerbiak here, right? Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> S-
2: spell Zerbiak and I'll send you ten dollars on Venmo. Uh, then after that, we the, their 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 big idea is to draft a trade for a, a pudgy. White guy named Kevin Love. Are you seeing a trend here? You seeing a trend? I know it's Minnesota, but still, my God. And we became the first NBA team since like the 1958 uh, Fort Wayne white guys to, to field an entire starting lineup of white guys. And the Timberwolves have sucked for so long. We tasted the playoffs for one year for four games like two years ago. Jimmy Butler, then he blew it up because he didn't like what he saw there. But I just can't quit him. God damn it. When you when you feel the rush of, 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 of the team, you want to run with the pack from a young age. When you meet Kevin Garnett and Kevin McHale, another Minnesota basketball legend, at the age of 10 at basketball camp and they both shake your hands and you get Kevin Garnett's sweat on you, it's in you for life. And so I feel like it's a mistake. It's a mistake I will keep making until the day I choose to end my own life because there's no <laughs> way I'm going to live forever. <laughs> maybe I, maybe it's the day when the Timberwolves have already moved from Minnesota to Seattle, then they moved down to uh, you know, Austin, Texas, and they moved over to Jacksonville for a while, and they're back in Minnesota again, and the earth has changed so much. Minnesota's a, a hot climate now. We haven't seen snow in decades. Maybe then, then is when I choose. To put on my Kevin Garnett jersey and crawl into the water <laughs> and say goodbye. <laughs> I just can't take these Augusta
3: Maine Timberwolves anymore.
0: <laughs> I, I actually have had a, a little repast prepared for this because it was it was sort of tangential to my my number one. So without giving too much away, I it might all actually be there's a way to look at it where it's worse to have been a Bulls fan like myself because. I had Michael Jordan Shh. in the 90s as the kid. But then it's been No. I've no, spent I've no, spent no no, no. 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 Hear me out. No. Hear me out. Hear no. me out. You had you No. You you six you, championships. I don't yes.
2: give a fuck. You got Michael Jordan. You got <laughs> yes. basketball himself. But, don't give me this but shit. But then
0: But then I'm going to spend the rest of my life knowing that's never coming back. I mean, Nathan? it's been bad enough for the last 23 years.
2: Nathan Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened, okay?
0: Right. (laughs) I I, I will leave it there because I I can't go into more of my number one, so I'll save it. But uh, those are my thoughts.
2: (sighs)
3: All right. So for this round number two, uh, Nathan, you are getting two points. And Mitch, I was going to give you two points as well, but then you said that when you get a man's sweat in you, it's there forever. (gasps) And I was like, that's gross. (laughs) So you get one point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so now we need to head back to Nathan for his number one
0: <laughs> alright my number one the biggest and most horrible awful terrible mistake you could make with Eternal Youth is falling in love now
1: oh. <laughs>
0: falling in love is its perilous enough even oh in the, the brief blink of existence we already have but in this scenario the more pure and beautiful and fairy tale-esque it is the worse it will be You will watch your beloved partner succumb to the ravages of age. Their beauty and health will desert them. Before your eyes, there will be nothing you can do. The horrifying specter of their mortality, the inevitability of their absence looming greater and greater every day. Despite your best intentions to remain faithful, you with your 30-year-old physique chiseled, I mean absolutely shredded after decades spent in the gym and eating nothing but artichoke burgers, which I'm sure will be a thing by that point. You're you're gonna have it you're gonna have a hard time still banging your 87 year old wheelchair bound spouse and not developing a wandering <laughs> eye to find a partner who can still do it in the shower without breaking a hip uh, And then they die. <coughs> they die and you spend several millennia yearning for the few halcyon de- decades you spent with your beloved in romantic bliss, knowing you shall never, ever find such happiness again. As you wander the earth for the rest of eternity searching for just a taste of those sweet sweet tender moments of yesteryear
2: wow all while uh enjoying drinks and great food and boat rides with her money that's what i'm talking about
3: (laughs) (laughs) now i don't know who had said it but it was as recent uh don't cry because it's over, but smile because it happens. So um, I feel like that advice applies here as well. But yeah, that does suck. Yeah, <laughs> that you can't bone in the shower anymore. That's that's definitely a number one reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to have that wandering eye, <laughs> or maybe you just got a lazy eye because you've been alive too long. I don't know.
2: <laughs> this is why I feel it- like some. This is why I, I I prefer like a two day stand at a hotel room, you know that results in Gordy, you know. But uh,
3: yeah, Gordy, <laughs> Gordy, you <laughs> dumb little mistake. Go be a science guy and make Papa proud.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is I I honestly as soon as Nathan started into this, I went oh yeah, this this made my heart hurt and I thought about it. I was like this is this is number one. Absolutely, it's number one. Um, yeah, that it blows, but. You know, unlike our our mortal flesh bags, we live in now. You'll have the chance to fall in love over and over and over again.
0: This this is the great <laughs> this is the great experiment. Is will is is will will you though? That's nobody. Yeah. Nobody's nobody has actually lived this uh, eternal youth scenario, and so can you ever recapture? You know the the true love that you might experience for the first time that had lasted several decades would that ever be replicated we we simply don't know so you know i the the fear is the reason i put this in my number one the fear is that no you never you never would it would just be a series of, of disappointments for the rest of eternity Oof. so or or actually you know what you could do you know what you could do Oof. is you could you know be like oh I, I like this person I want them to hang around and just give them a little sip out of the grail too I suppose that's the simple solution but yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then if you get sick of them you can just kill them but yeah.
3: like at least you tried but, yeah. but, then, but like.
0: then you serve the life sentence and we start back at number five and the
2: whole thing just you know. <laughs> And that's why, thank God, the Grail's near Disney World because if you need to lose them in a tight spot, take them to Disney World. You're gone in the wind very quickly. So,
3: yeah, cause I'm pretty sure the Mormons wrote about this. They they took well, the Fountain of Youth was in Jackson, Missouri, and then they had to move it to Florida for oh, sure, legal tax shelter reasons. Yep. But uh, yep. I'm glad it, I got it. Made it finally to Orlando, and yeah. made your made your your Grail journey so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it is the happiest place on
2: earth, so I hear. Oh. All right, Mitch, your number one, please. Sure. Yeah. Um, my number one again, just, just, just such a stupid mistake. I cannot. I'm so pissed. I spent all the time doing the legwork and the research for this. Um, but my number one mistake made after finding the the holy grail and enjoying eternal youth is authoring a book called Men's Cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and so I. For, I'll take a full quarter of a century to wear a very specific man's type of, of of cut hair and I'll gather data on how people react to that type of men's haircut. So I'll try out like the duck's ass. Very popular in the 50s. It's where you have your hair very pomaded and combed back with a central part down the middle of the back of the head. There's the quiff, which I didn't know it was called this, but I love the quiff when your hair is pushed back and up off the head. It's kind of a, Mixture between a pompadour and a little mohawk into one slick and sexy man's cut. There's the temple fade, and this will this cut will make my already enormous forehead look even larger as I push my hair to the heavens with some like car level grease. Now think uh, <laughs> DJ Paulie D here for this one from Jersey Shore, because um, it sits it, it sits kind of like a crown on your head if, you, if if you get that image in your head. Um, some call it the Brooklyn fade as well. There's one from history I would wear called the Polish half-shaven head. And now this thing disappeared uh, in the 18th century, but it was favored by Polish aristocrats since the 12th century. But imagine throwing a bowl on your head and instead of just like buzzing your hair like someone might do with a bowl cut. Uh, you Where your mixing bowl doesn't cover, you shave everything down to the skin. You take it all off. You, you know, you uh, you burn it off basically. And so I imagine with that haircut, just imagine, you know, Uh, High temples down, nothing. There's just, it's a bare, bare noggin. I'll have all the room I want, you know, in the line at the bank with this daring men's cut. Um, What else is there? The Liberty Spikes, you know, popular in the 80s by by punkers. And, um, but this one will will require a ton of upkeep. um, And probably the most of any I'll, I'll sport during this this research I'm doing for my book. and But like just the amount of temporary cement you have to use to keep your liberty spikes up um, will force me to become a famous punk rocker and I have, you know, of all time to do it. Um, so that'll be a fun <laughs> little side project. But again, being a punk rocker and one that really lives the style, those are tough hours to keep. You know, you, you have to uh, hammer at your body with cigarettes and booze, although – Cigarettes and booze don't affect me, so maybe it'll just give me a great voice. Um, And, you know, (laughs) some other cuts I might try, like the butch or the military cut, that's a pretty classic one. The Princeton, just think of Matt Damon, a little shorter on the sides, a little longer on top. Um, And then, of course, I'm definitely going to rock, you know, a stash with a perm uh, from the 80s, early 90s look. You know, those, like, um, white guy cocaine dealers. uh, Love that look. Uh, but But through this, I'll be rating every interaction I have with these haircuts on a scale of one to seven. So every time a bus driver has to ask me twice to put my phone down and get on the damn bus, I'm rating that, you know, five. Every time a barista has to ask me, is your name really Carla? Oh, it's not? Then don't steal her drink. Yours is coming. I'm rating that like a two. Every time at a bar and a man or woman pours their drink in my lap after the 15th minute of close hand magic as they try to climb over me out of the booth, you know, that's probably going to (laughs) be like a three. But each and every encounter will receive you know, a highly science rating, you know, whether it be a one or a two or a four or like a six or a three or a five, even a seven, who knows? Uh, But I'll take all this exhaustive data, I'll get, I'll bring it together and I'll create a truly independent look on how people treat men based on the variety of a man's cut they have at that moment. But of course, this will take a very long time to get all this information together, although it be a complete but the sad thing is this book won't sell, I'm sure. I'll, I'll peddle it to Random House. I'll, I'll send a letter to Oprah's book club. She won't, uh, you know, um, put a spotlight on it. Penguin I'll talk to, but nobody will bite for a long time. And then I myself, I'll recede back to my natural tapered cut in real life, having finally given up the permed mullet and cop stash I've been rocking. Uh, and then my clouds will break, if you will. My luck turns. And here comes Little Brown and Company calling a real live publisher that wants to see my book, Men's Cuts and their effect on how people in your community will treat you during everyday interactions in lights. Well, it's not actually Little Brown Company. It's an imprint of theirs called Fireplace Press, which I'll enthusiastically travel the country on my book tour, giving talks in large format truck stops and Walgreens all east of the Mississippi. And years later, I'll realize Fireplace Press is synonymous synonymous with books that are high-quality starters for a cozy fire at home. Uh, No wonder they insisted on the (laughs) grainy, heavy paper for my book. But man, wasn't this whole thing just a giant waste of time? And all I learned is that people don't like guys with no hair below their temples as they ridicule people for being fooled by the shell game. And after that enormous, long waste of time, that's my number one. Taking all the time to write a book... About men's haircuts and how they affect how people in their community treat them. So, <laughs> so you spent how many damn years? Like it's like, uh, I mean, it's it, quarter it, century. It's an exhaustive book, so probably close to like you know, it takes a, a century for four cuts, and there's a lot of haircuts out there to, to figure out how it affects how people treat you. Um, so, probably but you have- seven hundred years, probably spent just just gathering data. The
3: thing that bugs me the most is you have a science son, yeah. Gordy, yeah. and you were only able to come up with a scientific scale of one to seven for this entire book. Sure,
2: what kind of scale is that for goddamn measuring of men's haircuts? Well, well it's 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 you know it's it's a measurement of the interaction, you know, of course, but also one to like seven is a perfect number. It took God seven days to make the Earth, you know. There's seven days in a week. Um, okay. Kenny Lofton, center fielder for the Cleveland Indians in the early 2000s, wore number no. seven. Um, you know, it's I don't know. It's a, it's a number that that I, it felt right to me, so I just put the word science on it to make it seem impressive.
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. I don't know where to take this. I don't know what to do with this information. You just you just gave me an exhaustive list of this and that wrapped up our number ones. And I don't know what to do with this information now.
2: Seems like most people would just use it to start a fire in their home, you know, like a good not like burn their house down, but uh, like in their fireplace or whatever. So. All right. It was a waste of time. It was an, it was an epic <laughs> waste of time. It was a mistake. I know the waste of time. I'm so sorry. But we have forever. forever. It's to, fine. So.
3: We're asking you to come up with the biggest mistakes you can make with eternal life. Yep. Nathan chooses an eternal <laughs> struggle of love, and you write about men's haircuts. It was a huge I mistake. I cannot, in good faith, give you... I shouldn't give you any points what? for this round, let alone this. Nathan, you wrote about eternal love. I'm giving you three points. Thank you. Mitch, you wrote about men's fucking haircuts. <laughs> You're getting one point. <laughs> That's <laughs> the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so, with those final scores for round one, that brings Nathan to 12 and Mitch to 10. Thank God you lost.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> a stupid. Haircuts. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm actually God. sporting one of the haircuts right now. It's called the the, the middle part, uh, very popular. Ugh. And you do this with the early 2000s. You got the you got that. Remember that that circle thing going on in your forehead.
3: Okay. Yeah. You look stupid. You are stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. I'm so upset. I don't know how to move on from this. I'm just gonna say that we need to move on to the fast five. Ugh. But uh, I don't know. Wait. so Wait. So wait you who won? That? Wait. So who wait, won? Wait. Uh, Nathan one, oh, but what? do you hear that noise? Someone's using a rotary phone to break into our, our call center. Oh, what God. is this?
0: What's going on? What? Oh no. This has never happened Someone's before. Someone's
3: on the
1: phone. Who, who is this? Hello, uh, hello, hello. Hello. Is this Uber Cinco? This is Uber Cinco. Who are we speaking with? <laughs> who is this? My name is Alex Lovinggood, and fuck Mitch Brinkman.
3: <laughs> wow. oh. First of
1: all, first of all oh, we no. support your, we support your decision, but why? <laughs> Listen. 2020 was a bad year for everybody. Let me start off by saying that. But it got even worse on November 30th of 2020 when I listened to my favorite game show podcast, Uber Cinco, the top five regional foods. And my good friend Mitch Brink, when a native Minnesotan, got to his number one and threw down cheese curds. Wow. I love cheese curds, but as a native Minnesotan, I figured you would have gone juicy Lucy. Wow. You know? Wow. Go over to Matt's bar, get a Juicy Lucy. Wow. I don't know. Or, or, or are you more a
2: 5A club guy? I don't know. <laughs> All I can say anyway. is I'm, I'm, I'm happy you finally discovered how to use Google Maps. You marble-mouthed <laughs> Iowa fuck. How dare you call in and put my name on blast? I'm going to cover you in lightly in lightly battered uh, batter, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deep fry your ass. I'm going to eat you with some ketchup, you son of a bitch. How dare you? <laughs> hey.
1: Well, I guess this is a good time because I, I think I should officially call you out, Mitch. Oh yeah. Uh, my name's Alex Lovingood, and I want to take Mitch on in a repeat of Regional Foods fucking point five or 2 or whatever it is, version <laughs> 2. Let's go. Oh, my wow. God. The gauntlet's and thrown you know down. The gauntlet is thrown down. I got the whole uh, Cheeseburger Monday studio. We, we've, we're dedicating nothing else to this. Uh, no, nothing to do. more to this than anything else. Just,
2: <laughs> you should try dedicating part of your brain to this, maybe at some point. Uh.
1: <laughs> I can't believe you didn't choose the juicy Lucy. You know, and at the end, when we get down to number one, and I pull out my uh, uh, uh you know, smaller than average wiener uh, from your asshole. <laughs> You are going to give and turn over your Minnesota uh, uh, card, and you'll never be allowed in the Minnesota State Fair again.
2: Oh, my God. Wow, you know what? Challenge God. accepted, and I feel very confident because I am the Thanos of stupid trivia games like this. So bring it on. I will make you and all your loved ones disappear. I'll see you whenever the date is set for that battle we've got, you <laughs> You cranky old piece of ginger. <laughs>
1: You're you're also a ginger.
2: I'm just realizing that now. Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth! Alex, I think it's going to be great, Alex. Alex, I'm listening. How do you feel about uh, this this snowstorm that's about to hit the Midwest? Uh, Nobody cares what so you think. <laughs> I am ready to take you down. <laughs> Whatever it is, again, in a week or two, when we record this, it's going to be a goddamn bloodbath. It's going to look so much like ketchup. My friends are going to be dipping their cheese curds in it. Thank you very much. Uh, Cut him off. What good, thing,
1: good thing I don't use ketchup because it's a child's condiment. Oh. And that says a lot about your personality. You know
2: what? Scientifically, they figured out that ketchup cannot be improved in any way possible. It is America's number one condiment. It is a perfect Sauce, thank you very much. There were top,
0: there were top science guys who looked into that. I'm pretty sure. They're top
2: (laughs) science guys. All the, the the science people.
0: Uh. Okay, boys, boys,
3: please keep in your corners. Save it for the episode. Everyone can look forward to hearing this uh, next week. Let's put it on the books. We are setting a date now. They have to hear you guys duke it out next week. So make sure everyone tunes in. Alex, bring Uh. your A game. Mitch, Uh. I don't care what happens Uh. to Mitch.
1: You can't see me, but I'm doing that thing that uh, they did in the Wolf of Wall Street, where I pound my chest and I make general noises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna be putting up real numbers, and you're gonna be putting up rookie numbers. Okay. Let's fucking go! You know what? I not know what to do with this. <laughs> Cut him off. <laughs> I'll All see right. you
3: then. All right, so we're gonna let him go and move on. With the fast, I don't know how we're going to move on to the Fast Five from this, but we're going to have to. <laughs> we're so rudely interrupted by this call. Who got this number? Yeah. I have no idea how this even works.
0: The, the magic all of right. recording or calling in to a taped show. It's, it's just wonderful.
3: I know it boggles the mind every time it happens to Nathan, and it just gets him all giddy inside. Uh, so we will not leave today without hearing the Fast Five top five worst snows. Number five, I'm calling the Don't You Forget About Me. This is the kind of snow that dumps a lot, but then immediately freezes. So after a day or two, all the trees look bare and gross because it's melted up there, but we're still left with the blocks of ice on the ground, all the bad of winter and none of the visual benefits. That's it. Number four, the I'm coming hard and fast. This is the kind of snow you're never prepared for. You think it's coming, but you can never be sure. And when you're on your knees begging for it not to come, it does come and surprises you. It's quicker than you imagined, accumulates fast, and is hard to clean up. Number three.
2: You son of a whore bitch, frost. You, you trashy little trash man. Okay, keep going, sorry.
3: I'm a stinker. Uh, number three, hoarfrost. Come on, there's no need to call it that. Number two, the typical <laughs> buffalo winter. Number two, typical Buffalo winter. The average snowfall each year in Buffalo, New York is over 93 inches, that is nearly eight feet. I like snow, but this is absolutely redonkulous. Lake effect my ass, somebody in Buffalo did something, they don't know what they did, but they're being punished for it. So they better prepare for this hellscape of snow every damn season. Number one, back alley slush. All right. This shit gets you stuck. It soaks your shoes. It looks like hot garbage and wet newspaper. It serves no purpose. It annoys me. I hate it. I made this entire list so I could say this. It pisses me off. It's stupid. Also, alleys are stupid. Garbage cans too. But this slush shit is the worst. There's no joke. Just accept my opinion as fact and go about your life. That's this week's edition of Uber Cinco. <laughs> From the <I> atop <laughs> his watchful Irving Park Tower has been Nathan Heddenfan. And from the cold dungeon of the Earl of Duck, Duck, Grey Goose, God damn it, has been Mitch Brinkman. And I have been Brian Ernst. And as BizBear always says, count your chickens after they hatch. It's a much more accurate way of calculating your avian black market profit. Avida Zane and Adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from.
2: If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay.
0: Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys.